Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Coming up here momentarily, we're going to talk to Jordan Pendleton, the former uh, BYU Cougar, of course, but also uh, owner-operator of Pendleton Performance, where he's uh, preparing a lot of these uh, athletes locally here. Gordon, to uh, go to the next level in the NFL draft, which goes down tonight at 6 o'clock. Yeah, one of them being, as you mentioned earlier in the show, Austin Lee, the BYU defensive back. And when we had him on, he sounded awfully confident, didn't he, Jake? He did. He felt like, and usually that confidence, well, sometimes it comes from maybe some some degree of uh, misguided <laughs> information or whatever. But in his case, he sounded extremely confident based on the hard work he's put in in preparation. So that'll be interesting to see how the uh, NFL scouts view that even if a guy like that isn't drafted uh, NFL teams they, they they invest an awful lot of time in looking at free agents looking at guys they can sign after the draft is over and I think the track record proves that if you do your homework in that regard you can find yourself some diamonds in the rough all right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability from Pendleton Performance. Of course, former BYU Cougar Jordan Pendleton with us on the big show. Hi, Jordan. How are you? Uh, how's you and yours, actually? Everybody healthy? Doing all right? Yeah, man. Everything's, everything's good. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing very well, and uh, we actually, Gordon was referring to it, we talked to Austin Lee last week, and uh, he mentioned your name a bunch. It sounds like you've managed to stay busy through all this, helping uh, guys get ready for the draft. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it was a, me and Austin had a really good time. You know, we, we got him in actually in December, and he, he had a nagging hamstring injury coming off the season that, you know, it was kind of going on for a couple months, and and so we've, we've, we've spent a lot of time together the past three months, to say the least. And, you know, I'm just excited for him and excited for him to, you know, hopefully get the opportunity to go play at the next level. And he, he 100% deserves it in every way. He's worked his tail off. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be happier about his progress over, over the last three months and, and what he was able to do at his, his pro day that we were able to put on and, I just wish the best for him, and I, I hope a team will, you know, take a chance on him, and he gets the opportunity to go showcase his skills. Is there a template you use to to prepare guys, or do you have to individualize it to the point where one preparation program might be completely different from another? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you you have a you kind of have a general guideline and, and template that you you can piggyback off but every individual is different and that's what's so hard especially for you know the the combine and and for these guys as pro days is you you have a plan going into it just based off the last six years of doing it you 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 have a you have a template but you never stick to that template and that's that's the beauty of it every single person is different everybody is coming off of a 
a long season. Everybody's got nagging injuries. You know, with Austin, it was his hamstring. We didn't run a 40-yard dash. We did not run a 40-yard dash until about three and a half weeks before his pro day because we we were just – we had to be so we, – we just had to take extra precautions with it. It was really bad. I mean, we – you know, we had to modify almost every single thing that we did with him, and our goal was just to get him ready for – we just needed him ready for that one day. And so – you know, it doesn't matter what plan you put together. Uh, you always got to make adjustments. You've always got to, um, you know, improvise on the fly and do what's best for the athlete, whether that's pushing them forward and, and, and challenging them, or sometimes you got to hold them back. Uh, sometimes they're not responding the way you want, and you've got to make adjustments. And it's, it's really a chess match the whole entire time and just trying to get them to peak at the right time. But, you know, Austin – he just did a phenomenal job at, at trusting us. I know it was hard at times, but he put up phenomenal numbers and and came out healthy and and now he feels you know he feels really good and it's it's good to see his confidence um, you know really elevate getting through just getting through that and getting it over with and his confidence level is is sky high right now and you know that's exactly where it should be. Jordan, most of the athletes I've talked to that have, uh, you know, prepared for the NFL Combine and uh, the NFL Draft have talked about all of a sudden they became track athletes instead of football players and they started training for the tests. And I certainly understand that because it means so much. So I guess my question to you as somebody who's in the business of, of training these football players, do they need better tests to more accurately gauge how good of football players these guys are as opposed to maybe, you know, a 40 time or some or a the five cone drill yeah you know it's 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 really tough and you you nailed it on the head you know how how we train our nfl guys when they're here for the off season is 100 percent different of how we train somebody getting ready for getting ready for the you know their pro day or the combine and you know with the combine you're really training for like just specific tests like you said the 5105 the shuttle the three cone the vertical jump the broad jump and so your training protocol is built around getting the absolute best times for, for these tests. And so you're getting guys in uncomfortable positions. They're used to going out on the football field and, and kind of reacting. And, and a lot of it is knowing the plays and, knowing, and watching film to then now trying to get them in a, a sprinter start and working on their starts in their 40s. And a lot of these guys have never really done that unless they've ran track before and – so it is a, it's definitely an interesting thing. You know, I've, I've heard rumors that they're going to get rid of the two, the 225 bench test, which in my opinion, it's just a stupid test. You know, I think in the last couple of years, they've had at least seven or six guys tear their peck at, at, in Indy at the combine because it's just, you know, it's just a totally different environment of training. And, you know, I, I think, there is something to be said of, of having certain tests to be able to measure guys. And so far, these are the, the best tests that they've come up with. And I, I do think they do add value. You know, obviously, speed is a very important thing. And so you want to be able to, to measure speed, but not only just from a, a linear position, from a, you know, a 40-yard dash, but you, you also want to see how, much they, how good they can change direction and plant and cut. And so, you know, I, I don't think the tests are, are terrible. But, you know, it is, it is difficult because some guys, they get on the football field 
and they're a completely different athlete than they are when they're doing these tests. You know, at the end of the day, it all comes down to your film. You know, what, what did you show on film? What's your football IQ? And, and you know, I, I think the numbers are important at these combines, but at the end of the day, if you put up great numbers and you don't really have any tape, um, you know, NFL scouts are looking at tape and they, and they know what kind of players these guys are and they do a lot more digging than just seeing how fast they are. Oh, we were talking about this yesterday. We were talking about uh, Jerry Rice, the all-time greatest receiver, and he what did he run, Jake, a 4 six forty yeah, something slow. like that? Yep. So, it's, so it seems like speed is so highly thought of and yet, like you were talking about, uh, Jordan, it's it's the whole animal that you got to measure. Yeah, yeah, you really do. Um, there, you know, there's guys that are extremely fast, and you put them out on a football field, and they can't even catch the ball, you know. And so, like I said, it, I, I think, you know, I, I think it's it's really helpful for the guys that are going later in the draft to, to try and raise their stock. But some of these guys that are going first, second round, you know, they've been – all Americans and they've, they've put up numbers. They've put up ridiculous film against some of the top talent in the, in, you know, across the country, as far as at the collegiate level, um, you know, I don't think running a four five in comparison to a four six is really going to change the draft stock of somebody like that. But these guys that maybe have changed positions, maybe they've changed schools. They don't have a lot of tape. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't have a ton of film, but they, they've shown glimpses, of, of being capable of being a good football player, I think at that point, you know, these numbers speak volumes because uh, they, they can, you know, once you get into the later rounds, now it's like, all right, these, everybody's kind of similar. Um, who has more potential when it comes to athleticism and when it comes to ability? Who can we transform, you know, um, from here on out at the next level? And so it, it just depends on the, on the person. But at the end of the day, like you mentioned, you know, the film is the, is the most important thing. Can, can they, did they do it on the actual field? Did they make plays? Um, you know, were they assignment sound? Do they, do they understand coverages? Do they understand, you know, um, different formations and, and can they, can they make the proper checks? And, and at the end of the day, that's, that's what matters the most. Jordan Pendleton with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Jordan, I understand you've worked a little bit with uh, Bradley uh, Bradley and I. How do you think his skill set and physicality will translate to the next level? I mean, the, the guy's an absolute freak. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just you, – you, you really can't put a price tag on edge rushers especially in the NFL. Um, I think whatever team he goes to, I, I think he'll be uh, an immediate player. I think he'll play immediately. Just watching his tape and seeing the way that he pass rushes, it, it is a, it's a very natural skill for him. I mean, he had 30, 30 career sacks at the University of Utah, and, you know, playing in the Pac-12. And he, he's just got some natural abilities that you can't really teach. It's, it's really hard to teach somebody how to pass rush he has a lot of natural skills you know being able to run on the edges of his feet and, and use his hands and you know for for how big he is he's so fast and he, and he moves really well but then he's also very physical as well and you know he's just one of those guys that you put on the edge and you just let him go because he's going to make plays and he, he's got a natural ability 
to to make plays and be in the right spot. And um, you know, he, he's just he's just an exceptional talent. And I, I think you know any team that you know if you have guys that can get to the quarterback and and cause havoc in the in the pocket, it's it's just a huge asset to your team. He's been durable too. Yeah, and that that's another thing is you know, can you stay healthy doing it? It's a very physical position and he's shown that he's been able to stay healthy and and uh and consistent. Jordan Pendleton with us here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Uh Jordan, do you get much feedback from NFL teams on the guy you uh you work with? Do teams call you to get your opinion? No, I don't I don't hear a lot from teams, you know, but I do stay in touch pretty frequently with their agents. And the agents are constantly sending me feedback of stuff that they need to work on. Uh, you know, specifically with Austin, we had several DB coaches that, you know, um, in the NFL that were wanting to see certain things, um, whether it was with his hips or, uh, you know, whether it was with his feet. And so we do get some, we do get some feedback, but most of it comes directly from the agent, not the, not the actual scouts. One question I had for you, Jordan, is, and I wrote a column about this at sltrib.com. It's the Utes have been pretty successful at uh, spotting maybe, I don't know what you call it, raw talent or guys who might be three-star type athletes and develop them. So they, they in their recruiting, not only do they find guys who, who, uh, who they project to be able to play and be very effective, then that coaching staff has been able to develop that talent uh, what's your explanation for why they seem to be able to do that at such a nice rate? You know, I, I think Utah does a really good job of putting people in the right spots. And, you know, I, I think it's it's something that, you know, BYU has struggled with. I, I've, I, I've come on your guys' show for years now. One of the main people that we used to talk about all the time was Fred Warner. You know, I felt like BYU was using Fred Warner the wrong way for the last two years of his career. I've said it a hundred times, and some people thought I was crazy, but and now I see him playing for the Niners, and he should have been a Pro Bowler last year, and he almost looks like a totally different player. And, you know, not seeing him be able to produce those same results in college was very frustrating, whereas you look at somebody like Kyle Van Noy, who made – I don't know how many plays in college. I thought Mendenhall did a very good job of putting him in the right spot. And so I just think Utah does a really good job at that on offense and on defense. You know, they, 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 guys like Brenton Covey, who they'll, they let do multiple things. They let him throw the, throw the ball out of the backfield. And they just put guys in great positions at, to, according to their strengths to go out and, and execute and make plays. And they just—they've done a really good job at that. I don't know if it's so much about recruiting the talent or development as much as as it is them putting people in the right spots. And that goes a long way when you're confident in your players and your players are confident that you believe in them and, and you put them on the right—you you put them in the right spots, you get them on the field, and you allow them to go out and and do what they do. And they've done a really good job at that. Jordan, thank you very much for jumping on with us, as always, giving us a little insight. Good luck uh, to your guys uh, coming up this weekend. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jordan.
Jordan Pendleton, of course, former BYU player and owner of Pendleton Performance, working with a lot of these guys, including Austin Lee, getting them ready. Uh, interesting conversation. Why don't they just change the, the tests at the Combine? I mean, do you, if you're trying to get an accurate assessment of how these collegiate football players are going to be at the next level, you know, it, it seems to me you don't want them training for track events for six months, right? Gordon, <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense. Why don't you come well, up with a, with, with a test that would actually more accurately measure a football player's football playing ability? Such as? I mean, if you were to measure speed and quickness, what would you rely on? I don't know, Gordon. I'm not a an exercise science uh, scientist. Do you, do you In fact, I think have, out of the do, two of us, you know more of those than I do. Do you think they should uh, maybe run uh, forty or thirty or twenty in full football uniform on grass? My sports science joke. You you didn't even laugh at that. Come on, no, that at least deserved a chuckle. You've got. Uh, a, a... I kind of chuckled to myself. Okay, all right. Uh, I don't know, Gordon, but I'll tell you this: like, why does an offensive lineman need? Why do you need his time in the forty? I mean, what is what is that really doing for you? You know what <laughs> no, I mean? Like, a, like take that's Brad. A good point. How often does a was does somebody like that run forty yards? And is that useful in gauging their acumen as a football player at all? Or even like like Bradley and I, you know, Jordan was talking about uh, speed off the edge in a short burst and how important that is to his particular position. Do you get that with a 40? Not really, <laughs> right? So couldn't you no, come up with something so. that is more, I guess, couldn't you come up with tests that are more accurate at least to the position, right? Maybe a 40 time gives you a good gauge on a corner, but does it really on a linebacker? You know, couldn't yeah. you couldn't you yeah. customize that a little bit based on at very least position? Well, for instance, let's say you have a linebacker. You, could you run? You could run him sideways from sideline to sideline, and see how he does there, because that's something that might be valuable in measuring what a linebacker can do, how how much ground he can cover, and what amount of time. You know, I wonder with the technology and how everything is filmed these days, I wonder if you could take a, a player's game tape and figure out how fast they were running. <laughs> you know what I mean? How hard could that yeah. be, right? If, if you've got, I mean, eye in the sky never lies, right? You've got all these practices and stuff on tape. Couldn't you just take some live action and figure out distance and math and all that stuff and actually figure out how fast they were running? Well, that's why I think uh, what what uh, Jordan was talking about with the value of the game film is is pretty important. The the problem there is that they're going up against varying levels of competition, and uh, sometimes that's hard hard to pick out. But like, well, if we're going to stick with the Jerry Rice uh, comparative, uh, he was wasn't exactly going up against the toughest competition in college. So I I don't know. It's 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 You'd think that they would have it down to an absolute silence, but uh, science, but it, it still comes down to a bit of a crapshoot, doesn't it? You know, Gordon, I, I was kind of joking when I brought it up, but considering you do have some exercise sports scientists in the family, uh, when you get a I chance, you should, uh, you should run that by them, see what they think. There would be better yeah. exercise tests for the combine than the ones that are used now. I bet you they'd have some pretty good answers. Oh, they, I've already talked with them about it. and they, Well, then they why say, did you laugh at my joke? That was exactly my joke, that yeah, you have access that, to this information, and you were like, meh, yeah. meh, move right on I, by. I, I have, well, I didn't do that. <laughs> but I have, 
I have talked with him about the way some of the some of the football players work out and the, the, the what they're subjected to, and they a couple of them have sh- sh- shake their head and say that doesn't necessarily uh, prepare a player for his absolute performance, but that. I don't know. Uh, they're not. They're not trainers for uh, a football team. So, anyway, uh, maybe you could. Maybe you could like have a at the combine, turn a player loose, and then have like a bear chase after him, and see you know how fast they run. Then I'd want something faster if I were testing like my wide <laughs> like receivers or something. Yeah. See how you well, do well, against. That's too uh, fast. See how you do against a leopard. Go. <laughs> Yeah, but here's the here's Tie the problem this flank with that. snake around your legs and go. <laughs> and if you're not fast enough, then you have a casualty on your hands. Well, you know, maybe. You... Hey, you want to find the best or not, Gordon? What, what do you want here? How much do you want to know? You guess if you want, but we're making sure on this team. All right, and then been... you, then you have a player who ends up with the nickname Tiger Snack. Uh, we will get to the drops of the day coming up next. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, or as Gordon likes to call it, sounds of various clips or whatever. (laughs) Well well described, Gordo. Uh, Where where all three of us pick a drop or a soundbite or a bit that we want to hear, and we play them every day at 530. Uh, We've decided that Gordon will go first today. Gordon, what are we going to get? Okay, I want to play the sound of this news anchor, and I want our listeners to pay close attention to see if they can tell whether he is uh, inebriated or not. Good evening, I'm Annie Stensrud. Some residents were celebrating a new addition at the New Alm Medical Center this afternoon. The Virginia Piper's Cancer Institute opened and new members were invited to an open house with food and tours. The new institute is twice the size of the old center and incorporates more treatment options to employees. Clinical trials and genetic testing are also offered with the expansion. The last phase of the project will be completed in the spring when an outdoor garden area is opened. This will provide the option for patients to go to outdoor care. With the snowfall, it seems like many to feel like the Christmas season is here. And near Wasika, Farm America held it its annual Christmas on the farm event. Today's event featured Christmas music, food, and a chance to meet the Santa dog. They felt three ways for Christmas parents and grandparents. 
Other events today included holiday card making, tree lighting, and Play-Doh for the kids. It all aimed at to get to people to Christmas spirit there. Well, bringing more people to Farm America will also bring in donations for the local food <laughs> shelf. Oh, man. Definitely. Okay, so I said, I said he, I meant she, but uh, I, I think there was some difficulty there. I, she, she had something going on. It, the, the, the famed Santa dog. The, the funniest part was her failure to control the volume of her voice, where she just kind of trailed off at the end. <laughs> and then the next sentence, the snowfall leather. <laughs> so, <laughs> starts so loudly, and then it's just... It's a thousand times times this with the Santa dog. <laughs> <laughs> is that typical because i've never been drunk and you can imagine what that might be like maybe it's i would be like i am every day but is that common that someone has volume control difficulty i would say it can be common but i love it how you have to say well i've never been drunk just like you said yesterday well i've never sniffed glue where you felt like clearing that up but um yeah i that could be that could be an issue there, Gordon. Well, my point here is that I don't have any experience, so I don't know. Uh, that, I've never, that. ever sniffed glue. I've never been drunk before. <laughs> well, I don't think you have to be drunk yourself to experience the volume control with somebody else who's intoxicated. In fact, if you yourself happen to be drunk, I doubt you'd notice. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so... Uh, but, yeah, she she did seem to have something going on there. All right, up next, Austin, where, uh, where are you taking us Let's today? Let's stay with the same thing, shall we? <laughs> okay. This was a uh, 49ers fan that uh, had was down in New Orleans, and as I hear you want to do down there, you, you're thirsty a bit. And there was a live reporter doing some reports down there, and uh, here's what the 49ers fan walked into. Whoops, let's play the right button here. Hold on, let's try that. I do like how Troy talked about how the zombies out here because basically what is left is the people walking around with this glazed look in their eyes and just stumbling. Hey, like this one behind me. Hi, yes, how are you doing? California. Oh, very nice to meet you. You know, you're going to do a story. You're going to do an interview with us? Sure. Okay, because we were just talking about here along Bourbon Street and uh-huh. the STD rate that's been going on here. And so how long have you... Um, have you had an STD? I don't have an STD. Oh, then why did you want to talk? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Are it's you serious? You to be ashamed of, don't you? No, I don't have an STD. That's oh, no okay, okay, oh yes. Anyway, so I've been taking care of uh, yeah that in my own little way. <laughs> that is so incredible. I had forgotten about <laughs> That's that. That's a good way to get rid of an unwanted interview. <laughs> Well, that's kind of dirty pool, so isn't funny. it? What are you talking She'd about? She'd been fighting off drug people all night. <laughs> they what? see a camera, they all wander over like she said zombies, and she's like, that's it. Some <laughs> drunkard tries to bully her way into her live shot? She's going to take care she's of She's worked it. her whole life for this moment, and here comes Susan from the Bay. <laughs> and how about her being like, oh, wait, I don't, no, I don't have that. <laughs> 49ers! She got a bushwhacked her that way, didn't she? she got that, that was incredible. That was incredible. What do you mean? That was totally that woman's fault. She, the, 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 the 49ers fan bushwhacked her. Right. She was not invited yeah. to get in the shot. You. That's that's one of those cases where it falls under you deserve what you get. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you think you could get away with that. Yeah. You deserve what's How coming to you. How long have you had an STD? <laughs> 39ers! <laughs> California. <laughs> that's so funny. 
All right. Uh, mine, uh, Gordon, we're going to keep on that same intoxicated theme. And this comes from former Michigan president Mary Sue Coleman. Now, Gordon, I'll, let me let me tell you a story in danger of you one upping me. But but here here it goes. All right. Uh, I've been a best man for a wedding once. All right, for for my buddy Brandon, he uh, got married to his wonderful wife Shay. They're uh, still married to this day. Wonderful couple. I have a beautiful family. But I had to give the speech. Right, I had to give the toast at the reception. Really important, big part of the best man duty, as you know. So throughout that entire day, you know, the wedding or the reception leading up to the dinner and after dinner, I was to give the toast. I did not have one alcoholic beverage. Not one. You know why? Obvious reasons. Because you don't yeah. want to be that best man that stands up and says, Hey, everybody. These guys are just so wonderful. Looks over so at the bride. A, such a good How couple. You yeah. I wanted, to, I wanted to do a nice job. So I, I saved my imbibing until after my toast. Now, if you're a, a school president at a football game, Gordon, I understand mm. you're probably there glad-handing, right? You're probably there entertaining, soliciting donations. You're probably uh, – there's food around and probably some alcoholic beverages. But if you have to speak at halftime, <laughs> maybe you hold, uh, you hold off until after that halftime speech. Maybe have a Diet Coke and some water and then cut it loose after the halftime speech. Miss Mary Sue Coleman did not do that. Yeah. I love how our pronunciation of the word Michigan gets steadily worse. Like it starts it's a three syllable word. It starts out as Michigan, and by the end, it's like here. <laughs> I I I feel bad for her. I mean, did, did well? Is she was she okay? Did she get uh, reprimanded for that? She actually all? blamed it on the sound system. Oh, really? Yeah, if you look up the conclusion of the story, she says, oh, I was not intoxicated. It was the sound system. What about that piece of audio that we just listened to would make you think, boy, that's (laughs) that's probably the sound system. system. Could have taken a a, a swim in Lake Michigan, and it still would have not been the reason. (laughs) Sorry, Austin. It's (laughs) Lake Michigan. (laughs) I wonder what she sounds like normally. I'm sure, you like know. every president, person, yeah, every university president, just boring and buttoned up and sophisticated. Because in your in your interview to get the job as president of Michigan, if you interview, like, I just want the job here, you're probably not going to get the job. You know what I mean? Well, you better, the, the key point is to have a good sound system when you're being interviewed, right? I, I'm just telling you. Oh, the great causes we have. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I get it. She's got to entertain. There's probably people there that are having a good time or whatever. But if you've got to speak, the big house is 100,000 people. If you've got to speak in front of 100,000 people, Gordon, you've you, you got to hold off. 
You've got to hold off till after it's over. <laughs> I agree 100%. And you could tell it was not just the way she was saying things. It was what she was saying. I mean, come the on. The great coaches in 80. <laughs> That's three things that I live my life by. <laughs> Yeah, she did start out with the Michigan and uh, pronunciation a little better, right? Wolfnerings. It just, it just got <laughs> the worse. words just started to to trail off. Oh, yeah. All right, <laughs> coming up next, we'll get to the not sports report. But joining us now, out on the zone phone, he is our friend Tom from the warehouse, nineteen sixty seven South, three hundred West in Salt Lake, eighty six East University Parkway in Orem. And Tom, I'll tell you what, I cannot wait until the time when we can come back down to your stores again. You know it's always one of our favorites. Hey, I had one of your listeners come in here and says, gosh, I love it when these guys are in your store, man. It's so funny. And I was just thinking that, gosh, I need you guys to come so I can buy Gordon a Diet Coke. Exactly. Gordon feels (laughs) the same way, right, Gordo? Oh, man, it's a treat every time. You you need a Diet Coke, Gordon. i got to bring you one. Hey, we're down here. I am at the Orem Warehouse. I've got deals that are just crazy. I'm going to talk about uh, adjustable beds because that seems to be the most important to people as they're being, for lack of better words, uh, quarantined to their home, having to work from home. A lot of people are doing their work from their uh, home. We have adjustable beds. I have a young lady whose dad came here just because he heard us today. She bought the $499 special on the adjustable queen bed, and he was tickled. And uh, what can I say? She got a new bed that's an adjustable bed for cheaper than the mattress would cost her at our competitors. We also have the special. Uh, Race in Salt Lake sold another one, so now... We have uh, either three or four sets left, the queen for twelve ninety nine, or the king, split king, adjustable with all of the features, head up, foot up, massage, USBs, with LED lights, the entire package, only twenty four ninety nine. And then my brother Clayton, just this is one of Gordon's favorite, the Cindy Croft. Remember that beautiful leather in the champagne and the leather? Oh, yeah. Uh, I have it in chocolate brown and champagne. This is the chair and a half cuddler that has a sleeper inside. It's normally $1,999. It's leather everywhere, not just leather to the touch. I'm going to blow them out because I have 11 of them for $599. Come and see us. Again, we're at the warehouse. We're going to do these deals on the King Adjustable until they're gone. That'll be today, tomorrow, and Saturday, 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake and Orem, 8060 University Parkway, the warehouse protective earthquake boom. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. That's our good friend Tom from the warehouse. Take advantage of those great deals. 86 East University Parkway in Orem, 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Tom and his crew are absolutely the best. You won't find better prices out there, and they're motivated with better deals than ever. So take advantage. We'll have more Big Show, the Not Sports Board next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for the Not Sports Report. Usually we do it at 4.50, but sometimes uh, lately we've been moving it around a little bit because of our partner profile. But today, right smack in the middle of drive time at 5.50 at your Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? We're not going anywhere in particular, but I have a, I have a story here. And hence a question. So let me ask the question first. Jake, do you look like any of your relatives? Uh, yeah, I think I take bits and pieces from different relatives, sure. Is there anybody in particular that, who do you look most like in your family in the, uh, in the chain? Probably my dad, but. See, I see equal parts, your dad and your mom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's both there. I would agree with that. Austin, how about you? Uh, I look nothing like any of my family right now. Uh, growing up, we all looked the exact same. All you look the boys. Like your brother. Which one? Uh, the one I saw in. Uh... Oh, his hair is starting to recede a little bit. Oh, was that? you could see it in the face. Yeah. Oh, okay. Landon, well, yeah, yeah, good yeah. looking dude. I hope he's not listening. That won't make him too happy. But <laughs> uh, I, I look. I, if we, if you saw a picture of me and my brothers, you wouldn't think we were related because I'm bald and have a beard, and they're clean shaven and have hair. So, I mean, really, there's no, you don't have a nose or ears or nothing? Well, Jake says he can see it in the I'll, face. I'll tell you, here, here I'll, I'll tell you this, because we went to uh, A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder at the Hale Center Theater, where Austin's brother Landon was part of the cast. Uh-huh. And when the whole cast was on the stage at once, which granted is only, what, like six people, uh, I knew which one Austin's brother was. And that, that brother, we have a very similar stature yeah. as well, so... Uh, do you walk alike? Uh, we all sound very much alike. Really? Yeah. Uh, the reason I ask, have you noticed how some families, it seems like the resemblance is just plain as day, and other families, you don't see any resemblance like you were talking about. I mean, it, it's just funny how uh, I've seen I've seen brothers and sisters who look like carbon copies of themselves. Well, maybe if you took pictures of their mailmen, you'd... It'd make oh, more nice. sense. Nice. Who needs a DNA test when the when father visits every day at 10 a.m. to give us the mail? You know, I, I look nothing like my old man, but I've got a strange resemblance to the <laughs> pool boy <laughs> back when I was a kid. That's really not very funny, is it? A little. Uh, I've had a couple of people tell me recently that uh, I remind them a little bit of my dad. But the reason I bring this up is because I saw... A picture, apparently Elvis Presley's grandson looks a lot like him. Oh, that's cool. If you're going to look like somebody, Elvis wouldn't be a bad place, especially young Elvis, I guess. You know, I don't think he's wearing like the lamb chop (laughs) sideburns and the jumpsuits and stuff. He should. (laughs) That's what I'd be doing. There's too many of that. There's too many of those characters already. But it made me think. That who do I look like? Do I look like my mom or my dad, I, or any of my sisters or anything? And or not the, really the gardener at the time. No, <laughs> oh, sorry, no, not, not at all. And when I think of my kids, and you guys will will make these comparisons as as the little ones grow older, but my kids they they look a little bit like uh, Lisa or me, but not no carbon copies. None of that going on. Which daughter most resembles you? Um, 
That's a good question. I I, I think maybe <laughs> you're, you're going to laugh, but <laughs> maybe Aaron. Why Aaron? <laughs> I don't know. You have similar she, hair color. She uh, she says that there are certain things about her, but I know what you're going to say about that. She's way better looking than I ever was. I would never comment on your daughter's looks, Gordon. Thank you. Well, I thought that you would use it as an example of them being much more attractive than I am. I know where where to draw the line when it comes to teasing my friend Gordon Monson, and I leave the gals out of it. Okay. All right. Now well, me on the other end. No, I'm just <laughs> I don't know. I, all y'all, everybody out there listening right now, you probably look at other family members and think, okay, do I do I resemble any of any of them? And uh, I have one daughter that looks the most like Lisa. I mean, she's not quite a carbon copy, but pretty close. Which one's that? Sydney. Okay. All right. I can see that. Yeah. She looks the most like Lisa. So anyway, you can take that with either great fear and loathing, or you can take it with great pride. If you if could you look like somebody. If you could snap your fingers right now and look like Elvis, would you do it? Hmm. Without getting to choose what era? No, no, no. I'll I'll say this. I'll say young Elvis. Not, I had a friend not growing bloated up that looked Elvis. Like, yeah, I had a friend growing up that looked like Elvis. Uh, well, I mean, no, because I don't want to change my identity at this point. But You wouldn't change I, who you are, just your appearance. I would say yes, and here's why. I would convince everyone I was Elvis and make a gazillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Could you sing like Elvis? What's your best Elvis impersonation? One for the money, a two for the show, a three to get ready. Now go, and go, and don't you? Good enough. <laughs> okay. Good enough. Me and, me and Mary Sue Coleman, we got him down. <laughs> All right, coming up next, uh, we have Doc Talk, which is actually going to be on both signals. Usually we split the signals, but tonight Doc Talk brought, uh, brought to you by University of Utah Health is going to be on both 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Thought, you know, in these unique times, Gordon, uh, a lot of folks out there have a lot of questions. So Doc Talk totally taken over tonight. And then the movie zone coming your way at 7 o'clock. Do we have a poll question, Austin? Yep, your favorite summer movies. And you take that however you want. Uh, Major League? That'll fit. Gordon? Favorite summer movie? Something with a beach involved. It could be any of the Elvis movies, if you'd like. There you Be- go. Beach Blanket Bingo? <laughs> wow, that's an old movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sounds good. That was the only movie you could think of that involves a beach? Well, uh... I mean, there's any, well, any number of surfer movies that you could have picked. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. That's what came to mind. What Sorry. about what about this? Seems like uh, Gordon's uh, speed of movie. What about Beaches? Uh, I never saw that. I don't believe you. I didn't either. Isn't that have I didn't, never uh, seen it either? Barbara Streisand. Yeah, right. right. You, you, n- none of the three of us have seen it. No, nope. we know the song from it. But what's the didn't song? Didn't Leo DiCaprio make a movie called The Beach or Wasn't something? The like Wind that? Beneath Your Wings from Beaches. <laughs> Bette Midler. I thought it was. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that was. A, I don't think that was the tone and tenor a, of uh, Leo's movie. <laughs> what movie no. <laughs> is "Wind Beneath Wings" from? Ah, it is from Beaches. Come on, wow. who hosts the movies? Wow. Oh, I host you the movies. Do. He's a man. How, how's, that, how's, how's that? How's that poll going so far? Is there? Uh, is there a leader? 
Uh, there is a leader. And in fact, it goes right along with our guest tonight. We got Marshall Moore of Utah Film Studios stopping by to talk about one of my all time favorite summer movies, released April 1993, The Sandlots. We're going to revisit that today. Hey, Austin's wearing hey, the shirt. Would, would, you consi- would you consider American Graffiti a summer movie? Yes. Yep. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. It's a great movie. That's a better answer than Beach Blanket Bingo or whatever. Way better than Beach Blanket Bingo. Still not new, however. <laughs> but new was, was it Was Annette Funicello in that? I don't know. I know, uh, what's his name, uh, Ron Howard was in it, and Richard Dreyfuss. No, no. No, that was, that was in American Graffiti, not Beach Blanket Bingo. <laughs> no, that was Annette and uh, what's his name? And that Funicello and uh, what was oh, the guy's okay. name? Funicello. Why do you know her last name? It's just Annette. <laughs> Who knows Annette Funit? Whatever. <laughs> All right, we've done our damage here. It's like saying, "Hey, did you see that movie with Madonna Thompson in it?" Uh, it does the longest day is count as a name? summer movie? I don't know what her last name is. We the longest go. day. Uh, sure. All right, uh, Doc Talk coming up next. Hey, Gordo, uh, have a great night, my friend. I'll talk to you tomorrow. You too. Same to you, Austin. Same to all our listeners out there. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long.